Welcome back to Enlighten Up. You're listening to episode 23, Self-Help, Energetic Weight Loss, and the Cosmic 2x4 with Jeremy McDonald. Jeremy is a really good friend of mine as well as a healer, coach, author, and speaker, and he's going to be sharing tons of wisdom with us today on what the Cosmic 2x4 is, as well as is it possible to lose weight energetically? We're going to get into that as well as what it means to self-heal. Jeremy's going to share with us a profound journey through drugs, through self-awareness, and through the idea of what it means to be in peace. We are also going to be joined by Brian today, who is filling in for our beloved Michael, and he is going to be asking some really great questions on self-healing and what that actually entails. So let's jump right into the episode and hear what Jeremy had to share with us. Welcome back to Enlighten Up, everyone. I hope you're having an awesome day because we are excited for this show. I am here with my beautiful co-host, Lisa Watson, and filling in for Michael, we have her husband, Brian. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks, Nicole. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm doing great. It's a, it's a beautiful, sunny day here in Colorado. Yeah, we need to make sure we always have a skeptic on the show. And uh, as you all know, uh, Michael's becoming less and less of a skeptic in certain areas. So Brian's in to do the job, right? I am very much in to do the job. Yes. I'm the mayor of Skeptic Town. <laughs> Yeah, and we also have a wonderful guest joining us today. He is a friend and uh, I guess kind of a colleague. We've been working on some projects together and he's a lot of fun and really has some great wisdom to share with us. His name is Jeremy McDonald. Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Nicole. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, thank you, Lisa and Brian, for having me on the show. I'm very excited about being here. Yeah. We're, we're excited to have you here. And for our audience, um, Jeremy is a healer, he's a coach, and he's also the author of Peace Be Still. He um, has a blog called Stillness of the Storm that he partners with Justin Deschamps on. And uh, he's also um, a speaker. You're a motivational speaker, right? Yes. Yeah. So we thought today's topic might be fun to kind of jump into this whole idea of healing self-healing and being healed and jeremy you you have quite an interesting story um on how you self-healed yeah we were just talking about that before the uh before we started uh the show and and so uh in my book the first chapter is talks about how I had an addiction to uh, crystal meth or sometimes known as Tina. And I also have an addiction to sex. And so uh, why I talk about that in the beginning, because if I'm talking about self-healing, I, I felt very it's very important to let people know that I'm writing about self-healing. But the reason why I'm writing about it is because I've been where they're at. And, and so, you know, I had to pull myself out of the that area of self-sabotage or self-loathing. And so how I, you know, we can talk more about this, but yeah, so that was kind of my beginning of my journey is to finally say, hey, you know, it's time to do something better with my life or, you know, you know, 
take the journey out of this area where I'm self-sabotaging. And so, and it's, it's interesting because I had, it's still been motiv- I was still motivational speaking um, and speaking in front of crowds and talking about a positive life. And I was still uh, on the weekends messing up my entire life and my uh, emotionally destroying myself and doing a lot of things that I would consider to be not healing uh, up until that aha moment. And that was about 2006. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So, what specifically um, helped you? Like, well, how did you realize that there was the problem? Like, when did you have that moment of, or how did it really come to you of clarity? Well, so the interesting thing about the universe is that it will kick your butt when you are not wanting to pay attention. So I'd been studying self-help and I was a, a corporate trainer for a long, long time teaching Stephen Covey's stuff and, you know, different self-help and, you know, leadership courses and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of that's interlaced with, you know, you know, positive, you know, you know, words and stuff like that. And so, uh, and I also have been studying metaphysics for a long time. And so how, what came to me in 2006 is I was, I had actually taken a job for about a year and became a vice president of a mortgage company, you know, because back in those days, if you guys remember the mortgage industry was, it was lucrative. And I thought, Oh, listen, look at me. I'm just going to do really well. And, and I did because that was my sole purpose is to, you know, to move up the corporate ladder at that time. So then I remember sitting in my office and thinking, wow, I'm really miserable. And uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And realized that I hadn't been pursuing any of my passion whatsoever. I loved helping people. I loved uh, helping shape their lives and, you know, helping see them, you know, change their lives. And then it was very interesting after that because I had made a commitment to do that. My entire life fell apart. So I lost that job only to get another one to be terminated for um, basically some less than scrupulous, not very, not very good things. You know, I was basically terminated for being gay uh, at a job um, for a company in Pennsylvania. I was living in Philadelphia at the time. And so then I had uh, started relapsing because at that point in time I had not been, uh, using a lot of drugs at that time or, and so, and then I had relapsed because of my depression going into that, back into that world of uh, doing a lot of, uh, you know, partying and stuff like that. And so then I had uh, my storage locker was broken into all of my stuff was stolen. My car was repossessed. I lost my house. And uh, if that wasn't great enough, my entire, my relationship of almost seven years had ended. So it was uh, basically, I call it a cosmic two by four upside the head to start. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and, uh, that's a really good um, terminology, but you know, it sounded like you totally went through your dark night of the soul. Yes. Yes. Very much so. And there was, there was times that I, and I know it's hard for people to believe if you haven't been in a depression like this, but there's times when you literally just tried to pick yourself up out of bed and you would just fall back down into bed. And so, um, basically my entire life, because I couldn't find a job, um, I moved home to Florida to uh, live with my mother at 32, which is not a good feeling for any adult to have to do. Um, and so, you know, my entire pride had been broken because it was a false sense of pride anyways. And so then I'm going through this, uh, this experience and, you know, and then I've started hanging out with friends that I was hanging out with before when I lived in Florida. And that's when, I started going down this path of I'm going through this dark night of the soul, but now I'm going to just make myself even feel worse. Um, and so that's when I just really just kind of went crazy with a lot of things that I had done 
in my 20s and had an issue with it then and it just really became a real problem and then about 2008 I ran across a woman that is what I would consider one of my closest friends now but she was my spiritual teacher um and her name is Virginia Drake and basically she's a very tough Kentucky woman uh, but also very loving and she, you know if tough love is what I needed that's exactly you know at that time is what I needed I see somebody to tell me to practice what you preach and start looking at yourself and the reasons why you're doing the things that you're doing uh, saying one thing on the surface and then doing something totally the opposite you're not being authentic so you're also killing yourself so um, you know it took that that person in my life and if there's a, if there's ever a belief in contracts soul contracts this is it because this person walked into my life right at the time when I needed her the most. And uh, as a result, you know, that, that's a different part of the journey that, uh, you know, with working with her and making her face, basically she made me face myself. So, um, and how do I, how do you do that? How do you get out of, um, you know, a, a self-sabotaging area? You have to ask yourself the reason why you're doing it. Why am I self-sab? Why, if I've had all the great things happen in my life, why am I, destroying myself by doing something that makes me feel miserable that gives me a, a certain amount of gratification for some hours. And then I come back and all the misery comes back in. Why, why do you, why am I doing that? And I, you know, a lot of people might ask those questions, but after you ask the question, well, what is it going to take for me to get out of this? And, and so then you have to really look at everything in your life um, that is uh, causing this depression because nobody's causing your depression. Nobody's causing you to do that. You're doing it yourself. You're making the choice to be where you're at. And that's, that was the things that she had taught me is that, because I, I, I would go into, you know, my boyfriend broke my heart. He cheated on me. I lost my job. My j boss was a jerk. You know, he was, uh, he did this and that. And everybody else was, you know, to blame except for me. And she said, no, no. The only person that's caused this is Jeremy. I think that's one of the, uh, the hardest pills to swallow for anyone when you feel like life has just dealt you the worst hand possible uh, to take responsibility or ownership of what's going on and your participation in creating that. Yeah. So that's definitely the turnaround point when you, I don't think you're even able to move forward until you get to that point where you realize that wow, I'm the reason all this is happening. This, yeah. isn't, this isn't an effect of that. My life yeah. is an effect of what's going on inside. Yeah, and it's, it's hard. And then, of course, you know, people will say, well, I didn't, I didn't ask this person to do this to me. And, I, and then you have to really go into, because it's, it's hard for somebody, like I could talk about the spiritual aspects of how we attract, you know, things into our life. But some people, not everybody is there, you know, to understand that I attract. They're not ready to swallow that that red pill, you know. So what you can say to them is like, well, at some point in your life, like especially with like um, certain circumstances, did something in you say, I need to end this? I need to stop doing this? And and the chances are, a good ninety eight percent of the time, they're gonna either go into denial, but most of the time, they're gonna say, yeah. There was a time. Was there a time before everything fell apart? Did you know that you needed to leave that job? That you knew it wasn't right for you? Or that you knew you shouldn't have been doing those drugs? So was there a time? And the, the answer is almost always yes. Now, they're going to try to get out of it, you know, because and, and, I did the same thing. And my teacher would say she'd only allow me to answer yes or no answers. 
I couldn't go into the, you know, I'm sure you guys recognize this when you're working with somebody and then they'll go into this long winded explanation. Well, I did it because of this and this, and then you have to force them into a yes or no answer. Yeah. And the reason being is because you have to change that neuron pattern in their brain that's saying, I have to make excuses and defend myself. It's time for them to stop defending themselves because it's really nothing to defend. They made these choices. Now they want to change it. And so if they want to change it, they have to start looking at why they did it and start saying, no, I'm no longer going to do that again. Do you talk about this in your book? Specifically? Yes. Yes. That? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yep. Do, uh, do, to, to me, you know, the, when I think about self-healing as an abstract concept, I think of a physical ailment and, and, does it does it work with oh I have a broken arm or I have cancer or I have this or when when we talk about self healing is it only uh, you know in regards to you know the mind and emotion? Well, a couple of things I'll, I'll say there is one is if you break your arm, go to the doctor, you know, <laughs> and because you need to get a cast on it to set the bone. Now, um, yes, you can do some self-heal. You can do self-healing on your arm. And because I'll give you an example, 2009, I, my, uh, my white shepherd uh, used to have a, a seizure disorder. And uh, I saw her having a seizure and I ran to her because I wanted to lay her down and get her collar off of her so that she didn't hurt herself. Well, when I was running, I slipped and fell and hit my elbow on the side of the stairs. And... Uh, um, and so it, it cracked my elbow, my elbow. And so I remember saying to myself, well, I'm a healer. I can heal this. You know, I can, I can take care of this. And so um, what ended up happening is about, I could, I could go into meditation and I didn't feel any pain whatsoever until I fell asleep about five o'clock in the morning. And it was such excruciating pain that I thought I was going to die. Um, and so I went to the emergency room and they put a cast or they put a, it's like a um, splint on. It's not really a cast for the elbow. And then uh, I started working energy on it and I got the cast off or the splint off at about two weeks and was using it uh, fully full, functionally in about three weeks. So the wisdom there is that, yes, absolutely. I can, you can heal that and you can stimulate healing a lot faster than just waiting around for something to happen. So when you, sorry, Jeremy, when you say energy work, just so for our audience, like what exactly did you do? So I started seeing the uh, energy coming down into the arm and down into the elbow and seeing it put back together and it mending fast and allowing the, the body to do what it naturally is there to do. So your body is actually the one that can do the healing. And so, um, so you're, you're not saying that there's some superpower coming up from the cosmos. I'm just saying that my body has all the stuff within it to repair itself. Now, that's something that allopathic medicine teaches right up front. They say that it can do that. Uh, there's also what is called the placebo effect. So if you believe something, they, they, you know, the whole water pill uh, study that they did, you know, they've seen people heal themselves. But to go back to Brian's original question, is this is that energy work or yours nicole real quick i just want to finish that up when you start to see that the energy of the intentions is going to tell the body okay let's send whatever it takes to get there to start mending this bone and start having it grow back together and grow back the way it's supposed to and re you know heal itself so when it comes to cancer back to you know brian's original question when we look at cancer 
cancer and everything in your body is made up of energy. That's what the Chinese uh, called uh, qi, or, or qi and the, the Japanese called qi. Um, so reiki or qigong or uh, jigong and stuff like that. So what's important about that to understand is that if your body is made up of complete energy and every energy responds to emotion or emotion, meaning it's always in motion. So if my emotions, if I'm in a feeling of I need to go to the doctor because the doctor needs to take care of me, and I need to treat the symptom, like I've just gotten a flu and I need antibiotics for it, or I need to go and get my cancer treatment to, to help with my cancer uh, and heal that, then you are in this intention of it has to come from outside of you. And absolutely has to, because that's the only way it's going to fix you. But there are studies out there, and I've seen it happen with more than one person, that where you can actually go into the cancer because according to allopathic medicine, cancer is cells that are not communicating with each other. So if cells are not communicating to each other, how would you fix that within your body? You would start going down and figuring out why cancer is not, why your cells aren't communicating with each other. And your body, your consciousness within yourself has a voice. It will, it will come back and it'll give you emotional responses of saying, you know, an example of this is Louise Hay. Uh, who had uh, ovarian cancer and she healed herself in what 1982 of ovarian cancer. Now she did a couple things. She just didn't do it, ch change it with affirmations. She actually changed her diet and she did a whole bunch of other things that helped her heal herself of ovarian cancer. Now people know for a fact that ovarian cancer is what it kills women very fast because it sneaks up on them and they usually kind of catch it at the last minute. So what she ended up doing is she started, she realized and remembered that she was molested at a very young age. And then she was treated uh, uh, very badly by husbands that she had been married to. And that she, as a result of that trauma in that area of her body, she had uh, gotten cancer. So she started going into that area of her consciousness and allowing all those feelings of trauma to come up and started facing them. And uh, in asking for forgiveness and forgiving and giving it love and compassion and stuff like that. So what heals that? It, it's, the, it's the love and compassion. It's the forgiveness. It's the letting go of the energy of the trauma so that those ca cancer cells can go back into flow as opposed to not communicating with each other. So, but you, you know, said she did a couple of things. She didn't just do affirmations. Um, no, she didn't do just affirmations. I, uh, yeah. So, so, so how, how do we, how does she, how does anyone know what actually cured the cancer? Doesn't really matter, does it? It, it was cured. When you really think about it. I mean, and that comes into the placebo effect. Uh -huh. where, See, now this is where... <laughs> This is why we love our beloved skeptics, because the skeptic is so caught in linear thinking in the mind, right? And, um, and, and by no means do I mean any offense to Brian. I think it's a fantastic question, and I think it needs to be asked. But the, it's when we get caught in this idea of what we can only tangibly see, do, feel, hear, that only makes sense in our mind. Yeah, right, but and, that's and, not necessarily why I'm asking the question because the statement was she cured herself. And the, the reason I ask from a math and science point of view is, well, how do we know what actually cured her? How do we know that she cured herself? It could have strictly been the diet. She could have been eating something that was just terrible and it caused it. 
And she still cured herself by choosing to change her diet. She didn't, well, I think the point is, like at the beginning, Jeremy was saying, you know, we can't, we don't need to look to the outside for something to come in and fix us, that we have the capacity within ourselves to fix it. And whether that comes from a conscious decision to become healthier, to change your diet, to exercise, to start to meditate, to be more mindful about yourself, you're taking it into your own hands. And you yeah. Know. And well, not only, sorry, sorry. Um, just not only that, but we tend to think that there's a be all one all cure to something. And yeah. many times it's not many times it's, it's many things working together that, that assist. But I agree. I agree with that. I don't think there is a, like a one, one hit all. I mean, obviously the mainstream thing is that, um, you know, we get chemotherapy and we get radiation, radiation therapy. That's the mainstream thing that a doctor will tell you to do. And there are people and people I know that are cured of that and live very long, healthy lives. And so I am not a big, because of what I know that it does to the body afterwards. But uh, in this sense, you know, she, her choices of, you know, the affirmations plus changing her diet uh, helped her become cured. There's also the Gershon, uh, Gershon miracle that they consider to be a cancer treatment as well. And they, but is not necessarily well thought of here in, in the United States. So what is that? Uh, it's a Gershon. So the Gershon, I, I don't, I'm not a strong completely in the knowledge of it admittedly is that, but I know a lot of it is a, a detoxing the body. Uh, and so they, they literally, uh, through juicing and also enemas and, uh, and stuff, different types of anything to detox the body, because their theory is that cancer is caused by all the toxins that we take into our body. And so, uh, and they are having some, um, a lot of uh, success with it with certain people. There's also in China, uh, Greg Braden actually talks about this, where they did a study with somebody with cancer and they had a very large mass within their body. And they had several people come into their hospital room and set the intention just to see the mass shrink. And they showed evidence that it actually did shrink significantly and that they, they which was proving that intentions was making the mass shrink. And it wasn't like a, a several day thing. It was a matter of minutes. And so, uh, you know, but I, is that going to work for everybody? No, no, it's not going to work for everybody. Cause I think everybody's at a different level of consciousness, but at, at the same time, I wanted to back up real quick to, the, the, the skeptic. So I think skeptics are awesome. And the, the reason why I think that is because um, skeptics are our scientists. They are the ones out there exploring. Uh, the true definition of a Greek skeptic was the one that keeps on asking questions because they're trying to understand. It's not, now there's a, there's a difference. It's a naysayer and naysayers not really asking questions. They're making fun of and calling themselves skeptic. <laughs> and so I think, I think we all are actually skeptic at some level because we're all, we're constantly asking questions we're exploring. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's really, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. And, and from what I've understood, at least on my own journey of yeah. self healing and healing and all, cause I've explored many alternative paths of healing um, over the last 20 years is that, there, like you said, there is no specific one thing that's going to work for everyone. And so for you, Jeremy, it sounds like um, you intuitively start to connect with that inner knowing that we all have, you start to pay, you start to move more into your own self awareness. And you ask, you start to listen, if you start to quiet the mind, and go within, you can pay attention to 
how your body's feeling. And it may start to indicate deeper areas of pain in certain areas that you may want to start paying attention to and ask what's going on here. And you may, you may, um, if you're open to it, have the answers start to come in through your higher self and, and, and it won't just come in like the answer, but there might be clues or might be guidance to prompt you to maybe read something or talk to someone. And the answer may come out slowly through your, um, inquisition of like just asking questions and um exploring potential options yeah they kind of i was just going to say on um maureen saint germain who we interviewed a couple shows ago talks about that in her waking up to 5d oh nice I'm, i'm interviewing her in like two weeks yeah she just talks about asking your higher self just simple questions you know did i wear the red shirt what shirt should I wear today or what route should I take to work to just kind of get used to tapping into your higher self and tuning into what that feels like and what those answers feel like. Well, it says right. And then to go into the Bible, it says, ask and you shall what? Receive. So why don't we, why don't we ask the dang questions and, and ask what's the worst that's going to happen? It doesn't happen. And so, and there's this inner dialogue. I think that's a great point. There's this inner dialogue going in, in inside your head all the time. And that inner dialogue is saying, uh, a lot of times it's saying, oh, this isn't going to happen for me. Or I don't have enough money to pay for this. And why not have a different outlook on it? Even if you don't believe in the asking usual receipt for shall receive part, at least the inner dialogue can say, well, you know, um, what shirt should I wear today? <laughs> you know, and then you could have fun with it. Or is, is what route? That anyone is capable of because, you know, I mean, this is just something that I, it's, it's not just that it's beyond me. It's just, you know, obviously my wife believes in, in another side of the self. And because I've never seen it, I don't, I don't fully understand it. So how does somebody like me start to be able to heal myself? Or, I mean, you have to believe to, to have it work, I would assume. Well, not necessarily. Because um, I've had people that uh, have had healing work done on them and didn't believe in it. And that made them a believer. It's a willingness, I believe. Well. Yeah, it's a willing, more of a willingness. And except for uh, the the way I would say is this, Brian, is that you would have to go ex- explore that area, and and so, um, you know, get a healing from somebody, and you know, and, and experience it. Like my first experience with healing work, because I my mother was going to this Reiki share in like nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety six, and going to a women's psychic development class, and I thought she was nuts, to be honest with you. Um, and, and so, but she just asked me one night, Jer, would you at least go? Would you at least try it out? And so, and I was like, all right, mom, because I love you, I'm going to go, but you have to buy me dinner first. <laughs> and, so, and so I went and I had actually had a really bad headache that day. And I went and I laid on this, this gentleman's table and he laid his hands on me and uh, other people, you know, in the group laid their hands on me. And they only spent about five minutes on me, but by the time they were done, my, my headache was gone. Now, the person that asked a lot of questions started going, okay, well, it's probably just because their hands laid on me and it relaxed me enough to allow whatever makes the headache go away. And then I asked the question, like I asked you earlier, and I said, 
what does it matter? My headache was gone. So if it relaxed me enough, now I understand now the energy behind it because now I've actually felt the energy and seen the energy. But at the time, the only thing I could get beyond was what does it really matter? My headache is gone. And so now I kept on going back because then I was curious. I wanted to ask more questions. And so, and then I kept on and the more questions I asked and the more times I went back and the more times I studied, then um, things started opening up to me. Then I started seeing auras and then I started seeing, uh, and then of course, you know, that kind of freaks you out because I didn't necessarily believe in it. And, and so um, I think it's just like anything else in, in life is that when you start going down that path, of whatever that is, like you didn't learn, uh, you said math and science earlier, you didn't learn that overnight, you know, you had to study it. Right. So, you know, there's a logical, the, the universe is very logical in a sense because. Well, we certainly uh, make it logical because I think that's how we are comfortable in inter interpreting what we see is we, I think we try to find order in what we see. And I think that's why I ask questions like yeah. I do when you say, what does it matter? if the headache went away, well, it matters because people are claiming I can heal you. And oh, right. that's, that's where I have a problem with it because if that's, if I'm, if the headache's going away just because I become relaxed, then you didn't really heal me. And in, in terms of how my small mind thinks of heal, it's like, okay, I'm going to send some energy to you. And it's a direct result of me sending energy to you that you are healed. And when I hear about this type of healing, that's what I'm imagining. And yeah, I know it's kind of science fiction, you know, related, but you know, it's like a magic wand. I just, I just want to state for the record and to the audience that Brian does not think he has a small mind by any means. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I throw this out there too? That person that claims that they healed you is full of crap they mm -hmm. didn't heal you mm -hmm. you healed yourself when you say you're a healer you don't mean that you're necessarily it i mean it's it doesn't it's ambiguous because you're not really saying that you're actually doing the healing but you're helping to facilitate whatever energies that's a huge distinction for me to 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 hear that and to understand that. So what does that mean to be a healer? Okay, so a healer is just to me is just a term. Honestly, when my 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 customers come in here or whatever you want to call them, my clients, whatever, the people that come and sit here with me um, and work with me, I always tell them I'm actually just here to help you heal yourself. And and I say beyond and to be honest with you, I'm trying to work myself out of a job. And so, uh, and the truth is, is that I'm actually not doing anything. I'm walking them into healing themselves. And I actually do something with most of my clients as I say, okay, well, tell me about your pain level. And like, you know, a doctor would say from one to 10, they'll say it's a nine. And so then I'll, I'll tell them, it's like, okay, so let's start relaxing the body. Let's start getting you into relaxing. And so then they'll come down to, and I'll say, where's your pain level at? And they'll say, oh, at a four. Okay. Well, I really want that down to a zero. And so, and by the time they're down to a zero, I said, you did that, not me. So now you can do this at home. And so, and the truth is, is that to answer your question, Brian, is that I feel like anybody that comes and says, that's no different than when I go into church and some of the churches and they tell me that they have a direct connection to God and I don't. And so, but we all have, if you would ask the question, can we all do this? 
Yes. Right. The answer is yes. And so like when I, when I, and I've questioned pastors of churches and say, well, do you, are you the only one that has a direct connection to God? And it's like, yes, because I've been ordained by God. I'm like, I don't necessarily see it that way. I think we all have access to that. All well, of us. Been ordained by man. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, everyone, everyone is a healer. Yes. We all have the capacity to heal ourselves, I think. Yeah. And, and this is actually something that's really um, being talked about in the spiritual community because it does come up um, that it's time to stop disempowering ourselves and to recognize our full capabilities of what we actually can do and how we can work with energy because we're all created by energy. We are energy. And um, it's, it's, I think it's when I come across anyone who um, is trying to teach people how to utilize certain techniques on their own so they don't need them anymore. That's a good sign that you're working with someone who has your best intentions at heart who is not looking to serve self, but serve you and, and all like, because if you start healing, if we think about that whole idea, the law of one, as we all heal ourselves, we're healing the collective. Yep. And so it really does. It, it does serve us all well to be taught and learn how to do this on our own. Like for my, myself, it actually just in this last week, and I don't, I don't even think I told you this, Lisa, yet. But I, um, I was giving a massage to one of my friends who's actually going to be on our next show. He's a Reiki master and um, a psychic. And um, while I, I, I mean, I've got my Reiki level one, and so Reiki just naturally just it, it just flows out of me. And I did some Reiki on certain areas of his body and. Um, the heat that is coming out of my hands now is unprecedented to anything I've ever felt before. And even last night in my meditation, I was holding kyanite crystal in my right hand and a clear quartz in my left hand. And my hands were on fire. It felt like they were melting through my legs and the kyanite literally jumped in my hand while mm. I was meditating. And so these this idea of us working with energy and understanding what it feels like, I think for you, Brian, and for anyone who's listening, who's interested in this to our audience, uh, play with it, have fun with it. Don't look at it as in this thing that you have to do, but just kind of play with it in an exploratory way of paying attention to how your body feels. Uh, and do you feel anything in any but areas you, of your body? Can you control it? You sounded a little surprised by it. Can you control it and actually, harness that energy and direct that energy like a little ray beam or beam of light. Yeah, I, I believe that you can. It's just in that instant, I wasn't paying attention to doing that. I was just so focused in my meditation of connecting. And my hands have always been huge conductors of energy. I'm a massage therapist. And so it's just, it's the right. one, two, two areas of my body that it really comes out of. And my right hand's my dominant hand. And so I don't know what, I literally felt the kyanite jump out and that's never happened to me before. So yeah, I was a little bit taken back. Um, I think but it's, like, it's like light language. You know, when I first started speaking it and Brian and I talked about this often, you know, I couldn't control it. 
an energy just you know coming through my body but as as you get used to it and you're like oh okay this is something that can happen and you you'll start to become more aware of just before it, it happens and you can um you know you can direct it better yeah you become a master of self so as you start to master yourself and understand your own power you can then work with it and start to play with it and see what you can do and how you can move the energy and manipulate the energy or direct the energy i should say uh, for instance i just self-healed my left shoulder for two weeks it was completely stiff i could barely sleep on it and i didn't it just was a spontaneous thing just happened and um for the last couple of days i've just been imagining as i breathe in sending gold light into my whole entire left shoulder and allowing the light to brighten up my my collarbone, my scapula, um, all of the muscles. Because I, I know I know the musculature, I know what it looks like, so it's very easy for me to visualize it, which I know enhances the healing. Uh, it's not necessary, but it does help. And um, and today I'm pain free now. And it and for two weeks it was bothering me, like and it wasn't getting better. So it's amazing what you can do when you really do kind of just. I don't want to say to like shed a few pounds. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> can I can I send some energy to some you know extra some areas where there's a little extra <laughs> melt away? Do you know it's interesting you should ask that question because I do know somebody that actually has done that, and no, they did not exercise. Oh wow! There you go, Brian. I yeah. Tell us the story. Okay, I'll 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 try it. You know, I Nicole knows and and Brian knows, but I've had this this back problem for what feels like forever now, um, like a year and a half. And I would say the last I don't know at least two months, maybe longer. I have been on a regular basis. I would say nearly daily sending you know, energy and thinking about my discs healing and bringing light into them and, you know, trying to do self-healing. And apparently I'm not very good at it because it hasn't helped at all. Yeah. So why isn't it, why isn't it working? If this is a thing, why isn't it working? I feel like there's some deeper blockage or something. So what's, what's going on with your back? It, it's, it's in a, a pain. Like where is your tension at? Where, where's your pain at? I have, it's between my L three, four and five. Um, and it's been going on for like a year and a half, but it's really affected the muscles like in my hips, um, my lower back, my psoas is like just really, really tight. So I'm in, I'm in discomfort all, all the time. All the so, time. And sometimes to the point of tears, there's so much pain. Oh you know, God. and it made me have to stop doing a lot of the things that I love to do. I can, I can't, you know, I cough, it hurts like hell. I sneeze, oh I can't God. pick things up. And, you know, and I've been to psychics and I've been to Reiki healers and massage therapists and chiropractors and back specialists and acupuncturists. And, you know, I've tried meditating and sending energy. And I mean, I just feel like for whatever reason, I'm not getting any relief and so those those discs are bulging am i correct yes okay. um well they said i had a tear in the one between but but, but generically yes her discs are bulging actually we were at the doctor today and you could see it i actually don't remember ever noticing it before but when lisa pulled up you know the back of her shirt you could see 
his one spot where a disc was visibly bulging. Oh, wow. Yeah. So are they recommending surgery or what are they recommending for it? Just curious. No, I, I refuse to be a candidate for surgery. Okay. But, okay. Um, you know, and I've, and I know people who have had these types of things where they just take a long time to heal. Um, so I've been doing more physical therapy type work. Okay. The energy work doesn't seem to be working. So why, why? So let's, let's do this. Let's do this. I want to answer your question, Brian. Let's do this real quick. So on a, on a scale from one to 10, where would your, where would your discomfort or pain be at? Um, I would say on an average, my level of pain is like at a six and sometimes a seven. You know? where's, it, where's it at right now? Um, at this moment, as I'm sitting here, I don't really feel any discomfort. Okay. Um, unless I move. Okay. <laughs> and when I move, like if I just shift my back back and forth, I would say it's like, like a two. Okay. Like I, I feel it starting to tingle. Okay. Well, cause we're bringing awareness to it. So, um, if I saw- sneezed, it would shoot up to like a six or a seven. Let's bring up two things real quick before I do this is that there is, there is physical actual physical damage to people's bodies. So that's one thing that healers don't seem to try to address when they're talking to people. And then there is, of course, emotional and then energetic. And so through emotions and energy, there's things and also physical things like you might have hurt yourself at work or been in a car accident or whatever that caused that. So I just want to throw that out there to people that are listening because sometimes healers like to fail to talk about legitimate things that are happening on somebody's body. Like a broken bone. Like a broken bone, yeah, like going to the emergency room. And so, you know, that's what... You mean, where where did the injury or pain originally come from? Is this an acute injury that was caused by getting hit with a stick? Or do you need to go to the hospital, I think is what he's trying to say. What I'm just just saying is that, um, yeah. Past emotional trauma. Yeah, sometimes it could be emotional trauma, like uh, somebody that slouches all the time. They start slouching because, you know, they're, they're made fun of when they're a kid and they start slumping their shoulders and all that kind of, and they have back issues as a result of that. But then there's some people that have, and then those cause bulging discs as well. And there's other people that are in bad car accidents, and you, you can't say to them, to a person that was in a bad car accident, hey, you have a back injury, and oh, energetically and emotionally, you caused that. Maybe if we got into the law of attraction stuff, we could talk about that. But that's not something you should be telling somebody. Um, you should be looking at them. That. What's that? I could wrap my head around that. You and I could. But to say somebody that just came in for help because they're in pain, that's not something you say to them. <laughs> so, okay, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah. I cannot wrap my head around this. Did you just say, <laughs> you just say your energy and your emotions – could cause an act like a car accident. <laughs> the law of attraction. Yes, he did. So, okay. So this is why you don't, if Brian came into me and I said that to him, he would be like totally out. He'd be like, He'd be all right. Door. Be like, so, and the purpose is to help Brian with this pain, not have him out the door. So the answer to your question is that if you bring the idea of the law of attraction or the law of cause and effect into this, into the conversation, and you say that everything that I put out there, I bring back tenfold. Okay. So any thoughts that I put in there of, you know, let's say I'm going to have a horrible day and everything is just working against me. Could one more thing go wrong? Well, yes, I'm gonna, you're going to get hit by a car. 
you know, that kind of stuff. And so if you, if you believe or understand that idea that our thoughts create, now it's not that you said, I'm going to have a car accident at 202 on Friday afternoon. No, it comes with the universe responds to whatever your emotional state is, you know? And so, uh, and then, you know, yes, you are going to have something else that's going to happen to you today. And yes, the universe is working against you because that's what you're saying is happening. Um, now, to, so that is a hard thing for people to wrap their head around. That's a, that's a why, huge red why pill. Why would the universe give a shit about me? <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't it? Because you are a part of the universe. We are one. I am an infinitesimal piece of the universe. Everything is, in is integral, whether it be small or large. There is nothing that matters more or less. The law of one. Yes. So, so here's how I understood that, Brian, because I had the, 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 what they just quoted from the law of one like totally went over my head when the first time when somebody said it to me. Yeah. But let me ask you a question when you are breathing, is your lungs insignificant or are they significant? They're significant, but they work on their own. I'm not consciously thinking about them. Right. Because you have a subconscious part of who you are. That's making that work. Uh, now the other question, the other question I would throw out there to you is that now there's that lung, your lungs is made up of cells. Am I correct? Yes. Cells that make it. So the cells that are the one cell that's within those lungs working around and moving itself around, is that cell insignificant or is it significant? No, obviously it all works together, but I don't believe that there's a subconscious part of me in control of it. It's just the way that the body functions. I don't think there's a subconscious part of me saying, okay, remember to breathe and okay, you know, remember to blink your eyes and yeah. there has to be, there has to be Brian, because you can control your breathing. So if you can control your breathing and increase it or decrease it when you're not controlling it, like voluntarily, then there's an involuntary aspect, which is your subconscious. Yeah. Well, what if my subconscious gets in a car accident? <laughs> then your subconscious is having a bad day. <laughs> You'll stop breathing. Maybe. Okay, back to what you were saying about this healing. Oh, okay. So I wanted to go into that. Uh, so you said you were on a two, right? So let's, am I correct? Yes. Okay. So let's just say, let's, let's just have you just take some deep breaths in and just breathe and then, do, you know, visualize or feel your, your pain relaxing, just kind of fading away. Just, okay. just breathe. Just set that intention. And we'll just relax and allow the, that pain and, and whatever needs to come up, you know, come up, you know, if it says, Hey, um, whatever happened to you, it really sucked. Whatever, whatever comes up in your mind, just say, you know, I let that go. And whatever it is, just let it go and say, I love you. And, you know, forgiveness, whatever it is you need to say that is not the typical dialogue. And then when you get to a one, let me know. Well, I'm, I'm really already at a one. You're already at a one. Good, good. All right. So then. I'm really I feel, like I really don't feel any discomfort. Okay, so cool. If I get up, a, 
Because I'm sitting in a comfortable spot right now, but get into an uncomfortable spot. No, 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 no. don't, don't do that. I'm going to punch you in the back. No, that would not be cool. So, um, no, I mean, but that's kind of what I, what I, what I do now, what happens is that the energy, uh, there's no magic of it's going to go in there and heal your, your back. Oh, so I should stop watching it. I'm watching for things to start happening. Yeah, no, don't do that. What, what's really happened is that your body is going to heal your body. Does that make sense? So you you had said earlier earlier on that hey the um, you know I've heard of stories where over time you know the back just kind of went back into itself, um, and the pain started to go away. So what I what I always recommend is do do your meditation, do the things where. And I like the I like the counting down thing because then it gives my logical mind something to do. It gives that scientific left brain something to do that okay, I can assess this to a two, I can assess this to a one, and then I can assess this to zero. So my discomfort is now down at a zero. I'm gonna have a good day. And so when it gets down to the zero, the tension and the um, the inflammation starts to um, to to reduce. So that what the chi all the things that in your body, the, the chemicals or whatever works to make it heal itself. Um, and then I would continue. I always say, go to keep on going to your physical therapy and then uh, uh, do uh, yoga or something along those lines, as long as your doctor approves it. So those are the things that I would say doing, and it's a combination of everything. Uh, but that if I'm in severe pain, I will go and I will sit down or lay down and, and work on myself while I'm in pain. Like Nicole was talking about with her shoulder earlier and until I can get it worked back out. And yes, I do stretching and everything else that takes me to get back into that, into that place. So it's not just, I always say, people think of this stuff as like magical and it's only magical because we don't fully understand it. And uh, metaphysics is actually a philosophy discipline. It's not a spiritual discipline. Most people don't actually realize that it's a Socratic philosophy discipline. So how did you discover this you you mentioned that you you know you met a woman that was kind of a mentor and she helped you to 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 look inside but have you always been spiritual or did you understand you know this i don't know what you call it the journey started obviously well long long time before that when my mother had went to that first reiki share and 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 has asked me to go that that that's really where it started and technically, it actually started when she started going to a women's psychic development class, and I thought she was crazy. Um, and so, but at least introduced the idea into my head. And so then I, um, I started becoming more and more open and studying. And now, I'd studied it for years, and like I, you had uh, asked me before we started, was I practicing all this while I was doing drugs? And the answer is yes. And it wasn't until um, my, uh, my friend Virginia had stepped into my life that she said, well, you're not practicing what you're preaching. And it's time for you to start looking at these. And that's where the whole inner world, because prior to that, you know, I believe that it was the healer that healed me at that time with the headache that he was, he did that. And so, and then when, uh, when my friend stepped into my life and she started saying, no, nobody heals you. Nobody causes these issues in your life. You cause them. And so um, now the whole car accident thing is like that, like we were talking about that, 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 that gets to be a really high, you know, that's a hard thing to wrap the mind around. Uh, but the truth is, is that um, 
you know, there could have been something in the mind of a person in a car accident said, hey, don't go out today. Because I know you've heard people talk about those stories all the time. Something told me not to go down that road today. You know, so there could have been that. So, but the truth, you know, when it comes to stuff like doing drugs and self-sabotaging yourself and stuff like that, or, you know, you're in a job that you're miserable in, those kind of things, you're, you're choosing to do that. You're, nobody else is choosing, forcing you to do that. Those are, those are, that's, that's what the individual is saying. Well, I'm staying in this job because I feel like I have to. I had somebody talk. I think for, you know, whether it be cancer or a car accident or, you know, in my case, a backache. Yeah. I think that, you know, there is, there is a purpose in it, you know, whether it's our own purpose and it's our own story and, and thing that we have to move through. But from those things, if we pay attention, we can learn a lot about ourselves and and yeah. what it is that we're you know trying to work through and figure out and and that's something i've really been trying to pay attention to ever since my back started hurting is just really trying to understand you know what it is that i that that i've created this backache for like what am i trying to teach myself is it you know i've come to the conclusion that i've definitely needed to slow down and I've needed to take time for myself. And, you know, I just came from a um, natural path who told me that, you know, it's an opportunity for me to let a lot of pain go that I have felt in, um, you know, prior years of my life that, you know, I didn't feel maybe safe to, to feel those things, but now I'm feeling this frustration and the sadness. And, and if I didn't have, you know, the backache is, you know, keeping me from doing things that I love to do. It's, um, you know, I'm not able to concentrate like I used to be able to or even remember things because my mind is consumed with management all the time, yeah. um, you know, but it's bringing up other things in me. So, you know, it's I guess it's about embracing the pain and and moving with it and and loving it and, you know, forgiving it and yourself. I think that's an important thing to do and not fighting against it as hard as that is, you know, yeah. and I know for me that's really difficult because you just especially when it goes on for as long as it's gone on you just start feeling like you're over it you just you know yeah. you stop why does there have to be a reason you guys when, when you say these things it sounds like there's no there's nothing random or there's no accident there's 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 always a cause and effect like i did something i had a bad thought about somebody and now I stepped in my toe. Well, the thing is, is that cause and effect doesn't necessarily mean I did bad. It's just that everything that I do causes, I, everything I do causes something. And then there's an effect afterwards, whether it be positive or negative. But and so it this way, Lisa's back pain, which can be quite bad sometimes, it sounds like she deserves it for something she did. Well, that that would be saying it's like a punishment and it's not necessarily a punishment. So I don't feel um, like it's a punishment. I think it's more of an opportunity. You know, I think, you know, for, for me, in my case, you know, I haven't emotionally, my life has been difficult, you know, from a very small age, not, you know, having um, a lot of support from parents or, you know, abandonment issues or whatever it may be. And there's a lot of emotion that goes with those things that, you know, especially as a child that you don't feel safe in feeling that you're in, um, you know, survival mode or whatever the case may be. And, 
And none of the, these feelings maybe aren't even allowed to start to surface until you're much older. Maybe you feel like you're in a safer place. And they may find manifest their way out you know, through a backache or something like that, where maybe now you finally have the time to just feel the way you need to feel because you, you can't do anything else. Like I can't go to work. I can't just clean the house. I can't keep my mind occupied. I'm forced to just stop and feel how I feel. And I think in that way, it's a good thing. Well, I think what what it comes down to is, so we're thinking about expanding consciousness, like, everything that we've experienced or or we are experiencing uh, is causing us to become more self-aware. And as we become more self-aware, we become, we expand consciousness. Now we could even get into the whole past life stuff and all that and the karma or cause and effect with that, but that's a whole other conversation. So, but I mean, uh, when it comes into that, like we all have these things that are happening in our lives. And so, and the other, the other thing is like, I I always think about this, like, like if I was, if I have this body that experiences, like experiences pain, uh, bliss, love, joy, depression, all these things, why would I not want to experience the gamut of everything that I was created to have? And so we, we try to avoid the things that cause us to have discomfort or pain but those 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 uh, feelings are there for a reason, and those experiences are there for a reason. Now, do we want to stay in depression? Absolutely not. What what is it? It's all about balance. And so, well, if we continue to try to avoid what gives us pain or discomfort, then it just becomes you know we become it keeps on happening over and over again until we face it. And I think it's what you're talking about. These things just come up, and so you, it's free to look at it, and they're opportunities. Yeah, an opportunity to look at it, which, you know, to me is a whole another thing that I feel like I've been working on. But, you know, some things I think just maybe take more time than others, you know, or maybe, you know, I could be healed in an instant. And I believe that, that I could wake up tomorrow and it would just be gone, you know, but for whatever reason, I'm not ready to let go of it yet. Oh, you're not in that you're not in that headspace, and it's you know it's it's not time for you. You're still experiencing it, so right. you know whenever that is uh, supposed to happen, it will. So, right. and uh, right. it's a different it's a, just just a different way of looking at it. I think um, where it, it give the other the alternative work because I've been where I've had a lot of pain as well, uh, and as I started letting go of things, you know, my back pain has gotten to be where I used to not have a lot of trouble moving around, and I don't have that trouble anymore. But through practice and letting go of a lot of things that have happened to me, and the back is typically about the past and and, and support, yes. And so uh, where you didn't feel supported and, and that kind of stuff in your life. And so as I as I let go and realized that, <laughs> guess who needed to support me? Me. Um, you know, and so as I understand that and move into my adult life, you know, I'm the one that, that causes where I need to go and, you know, creates the life that I want. So... Right. But, and I think it's just important for our listeners to, you know, to understand, you know, like you said, it's not about a healer healing you. It's about healing yourself. And at the end of the day, until you're truly ready to heal yourself and let go, nothing is going to work, you know, nothing's going to work. You have, you have to find kind of that sweet spot. And what is, what is it exactly? And some things just take time. Yeah. And I think there's also something to be said about how, you know, many times we can often believe that we're ready to let go, but you know, it, 
that's our ego telling us that we're ready to let go. But in reality, we're not because we still believe that on some level, um, it's still serving us in some way. Well, uh, the ego, the ego is always wanting to let go of pain. It doesn't want to experience that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nope, so, nope. I got to ask you, Jeremy, cause I'm interested and I'm sure there's a ton of listeners are interested. How did your friend energetically lose weight? <laughs> yeah, I'm very interested in that. So she, um, just because she talks about this a lot, because she would just sit there and she would see, she would hold on to the fat and then she would look at it. She goes, it's just energy. And she would see it melting away or she would see it coming, you know, changing itself and going down to the muscles. And she goes, and then she, she's, what, why do we have weight? Well, because, you know, we're, we're not okay with ourselves. Like how many thoughts are in that weight that say, I'm not good enough and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm overweight. And it's funny when you really look back at, I thought about this, like when you look back at yourself when you were younger and you probably, some people they'll say, well, I was overweight. And then they look back at their pictures when they were younger. They're like, I don't know why I was saying that because I was really skinny. And then they get older and they are have weight on it. But basically what she did is she just kept on seeing the fat melting its way off of her body. And yeah, she did. She lost, uh, she lost about 30 pounds doing that. Wow. And so I've never done it. Do never you know, done it myself. But. <laughs> Do you know how over as well, you know, maybe if you put a picture up on your bathroom mirror of yourself when you were a smaller weight, or maybe you Photoshop yourself, you know, into look, oh, looking. I could, that's a great idea. Yeah. And then you just put it up on the mirror and you see yourself as being that. And another thing I, I heard about is, you know, when you see someone who's really fit, you know, you're out, you know, doing your errands or whatever, and you see someone who's really fit that that's like, you embrace that. You're like, wow, you know, there's, I'm, I'm actually creating a visual of what it is that I want to look like. And like, thank you for showing that to me instead of being like, like jealous where people get like, you know, why is she so thin and so beautiful and I'm not, or, you know, it's just like, wow, I can have that too. Cause there's like, here's a picture of it in the world. Well, here's one of the things I've, I've actually did this year because I've lost about 40 pounds since March. And, and so I, I didn't necessarily do or on a treadmill. I have actually not gotten on a treadmill. And so one of the things I need now, have I paid attention to my meeting? Sort of. Um, but I have cut back. Obviously I was working at a, I was working at a job. I was driving about 50 miles to get to work and there and back. So guess what I was eating a lot other than healthy food. I was eating Taco Bell and McDonald's and, and that, that kind of stuff. So now one of the things that I did, I did see myself doing is um, changing my mindset about eating. So now is that energetically? I don't know. I don't really care to be honest with you. I've lost 40 pounds. I'm cool with it. So <laughs> what, I, what I did start doing is instead of, uh, going to eat because I was bored. I, I do go out for a walk or I take my dog to the park or I sit down and I work on my, my, uh, um, my book or well, my do a live feed on, on Facebook or something like things that I enjoy doing as opposed to going and eating, um, you know, a bunch of uh, Krispy Kremes. And so, yeah, so you, one, some could say I'm probably reducing the amount of caloric intake that I'm taking in and that kind of stuff. And so, what I would say if you want to lose weight out there is just change your mindset about things. Like you, half the time you're eating is because you're bored. 
or you're not feeling good about yourself or you're tired or what. And let's just get out there and do some things that help you change that mindset. Go out for a walk. Um, now they say that you have to get your heart rate up to a certain level in order to start actually burning weight. Don't go out with there in the intention of burning weight. Just go out there because you need to do something other than sitting in front of that television and uh, eating. And so, and then instead of eating uh, um, uh, two burgers, why don't you eat one? And, you know, get a small French fry as opposed to, I'm just kind of throwing things out there. Or eat, eat broccoli instead of French fries, you know, those kind of things. Instead of Coke. Yeah. And I, honestly, if you're talking about health, I cut soda out completely. I mean, that is, that is um, you know, at, at 43, I have, because uh, I worked, my last job I worked for was, uh, was basically a company called DS Services. And they're, uh, they own like Crystal Springs Water and Hinkley Springs Water. They're Nestle's competition. So I have an overabundant supply of water in my house, bottled water. And cutting soda out of my life has significantly helped my health and my energy level. You know, because that stuff, anything that you'll pour on your car and it will peel paint off your car, imagine what it's doing to the flesh inside of your body. The problem is that Brian might have to give up whiskey. Or, you yeah, know. I don't have problems with anything you're talking about. <laughs> I'm actually a really healthy person. I've, I've never drank soda and it's just... So, okay, Brian, Brian, I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. When, when did your weight come on? When I was born. No. You said you gained weight when you got back from China. Yeah. Oh, Lisa put it on me. <laughs> um, no, I was a, well, you know, I, 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 I've never really struggled with my weight. It's just, it lives at a certain level and I can do certain things and it, you know, it, it just, I, I just, I, I, I'm at an okay weight. I just wish I could, you know, lose a few extra pounds and I think it gets harder when you, when you get older. And I'm, I just love the idea of, no. of not getting on a machine or on the road or in a gym and sending some energy to destroy it. I think so. You know what the Nicole, I know you're going to get at. It has to do with, I want you to say it. Go ahead, Nicole. So what do you not feel like you're good enough at right now? Nothing. I'm awesome. I cuss. I almost said I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can totally swear on the show. <laughs> we we don't censor anything. Full expression. Um, I, you know that that's a really interesting question. I would I think I would have to like study myself more. I don't feel emotionally inadequate. I just know that I have this extra weight that I wish wasn't there. I don't, I, I, I really don't, I'm, I'm trying to, and I know, I know I probably don't have enough time to think about it. I just don't see anything that I'm like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw something out here. So I'm sure our audience, many people in our audience are going to be aware of this and probably all three of you. I've, I've, it's happened to me where you're in a toxic relationship and you end the relationship and you lose the boyfriend or the girlfriend poundage, you know, like it just falls off you. Like for instance, I was in a toxic relationship, even though the person really is amazing at the time, it was a toxic relationship. And I ended up losing almost 10 pounds just within the first month or two of the breakup. 
not because I was sad and crying and not eating, but literally because um, it, I didn't have the stress anymore that was there or the negative thoughts going through my head about, you know, how crappy everything was. That's called the ex-boyfriend diet. Yes. <laughs> so is there potentially a relationship with you that started around the time of your weight gain that maybe turned toxic, not necessarily in a way from that person, but is not in the healthy way that you wish it would be. Are you leading me <laughs> to an answer? No, I'm asking you a question. I, I, yes, my Can wife, my wife yes, wants yes. me to say yes, <laughs> but I don't see it tied to my weight. I currently have a difficult relationship with my daughter but I don't, I don't tie that at all to any weight gain or weight loss. Did your weight gain start when things became difficult? Lisa wants me to say yes. I have. No, a, I want I, you. No, 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 no. I don't want. I don't want you to say yes because Lisa's saying. You, I think about it. Just, I, I just really, in a timeline, really, just in a timeline really manner. Say, I really want to say no. I, I, I think. And so your weight gain, this is a very yes or no question. This isn't about emotions. This isn't about anything. Did your weight gain start at the time where the relationship started to go south? No. Okay. It didn't. When did your weight gain start? When I was home over Christmas and I ate a bunch of cookies. And when did the relationship become going south? March. I, I, I really, I, 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 and I know everyone wants it to be. Because you're not telling the truth because I saw a picture of you in like January or February and you weighed like 20 to 30 pounds less than you weigh now. Oh, no way. I did not weigh 20 to 30 pounds less than I weigh. <laughs> I love it. We all but, have a disillusion of what but, our weight is compared not, to... Not, no, no, but, but Lisa's right. It was not too long ago. But I will, I will counter. And again, this is that whole... Math, to me, this is math and science. When I look at when I was 20 pounds less than I am right now, I was homeless and I didn't always eat meals. Okay. Okay. So, That's the homeless Well, thing. you know what... You know what, Brian? Maybe just stew on it a little bit and see if I will. I will. I, and, and I know I wish I could. I wish I could give the answer. You know. You know. Here d during the recording, but I really, I really do think it, it's going to take some introspection on on my part to see if there is something emotionally connected to where I am and why I'm kind of in this this one spot where you know I. He actually eats like what I eat, and he eats pretty healthy and yeah. working out every day. And there's really no reason for him to be carrying around extra weight. Yeah. It's definitely not the diet. It's not the diet. No. I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. It makes sense that it's tied to something emotional. And yes, it makes sense that it's my relationship with my daughter, but sitting here thinking about it being asked directly, I don't feel it. I really yeah. don't. I think, I don't think, go ahead. I was just say you can't force it out. So I think you you said it, you hit it right on the head. You you're gonna take it's gonna be some introspective, you know, thinking about it for a while and pondering it. So, and I would assume that's a, a a big part of what you're talking about in terms of being able to allow yourself to be healed or to get into healing your healing yourself. You you really you have to have a certain level of understanding. Yes, somebody can 
send, you know, energy to you. But if, if you don't really, you know, understand the cause and effect, you know, to me, this, maybe this is that same discussion of, okay, some things that you did, there could be this law of attraction and you hit a tree and, you know, maybe that, maybe that's the same reason I can't get my mind around it because I, I don't think I could get my mind around that. I, I mean, I, I, it's, a, it's been a great conversation. I mean, on, honestly, and I think it's um, a great example of taking time to think. I mean, even for myself, as much time as I've taken over my back, I feel like, you know, every few weeks, like something else comes up and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I need to, you know, focus on this or pay attention to this. And, and meditation is a great tool to just quiet your mind and kind of, you know, marinate on the thought. Like, you know, why am I holding on to this weight? And just allow your mind to be clear for a while and maybe something will come to you. you well, know? actually, I would counter you, Lisa, and say it's not necessarily so much time to think and ask, you know, and, and think about it, but more feel it. Right. And that's something you've been told as well. And I feel like for you, Brian, because you're such a thinker, it might be more beneficial for you to just sit with how things feel in your body when you're thinking about that. Yeah. And not trying to figure it all out, but just see what comes up in your body. Well, doing anything like that would be something new to me. I don't meditate. I don't. I mean, yes, I think a lot, but it's it's not introspective. I don't think about myself. Thinks about numbers and spreadsheets and ideas and things like that. I think yeah. about things, not it, you know, real, real things that I can touch and see, not something emotional. <laughs> well, will you try it out? Will you try oh, the whole like sitting I, with I, it I and just what you feel? Try it out and report back on a future episode. I'll make sure Lisa obviously is going to see and we'll, we'll talk about it. So yeah, I'll definitely, we'll do it together. We'll feel together. I'll feel my back and he can feel, (laughs) he can feel his love handles. Good. Tag team. I will feel his love handles too. (laughs) Aw. (laughs) (laughs) They're not so bad. Awesome. Well, this has been great, Jeremy. It's such a good discussion. Like, really good discussion. Yeah, yeah it's been great you. having you. I'm excited to get your book. I want to read it. I um, actually have had experience with someone I know who was a meth addict and kind of some of the things you said sort of just hit me funny. Just, I mean, it's just such a drug addiction is just such a crazy, crazy road. And of denial and you know not understanding why you're doing the things that you're doing and the self-sabotage and the lack of self-love and i i mean i just think it's it's amazing that you came out of it and that you're able to write a book and and share that healing with so many people absolutely well it's a definitely a journey and so that and that drug is yeah not a good drug so (laughs) Well, Jeremy, do you have um, anything to share with our audience on any upcoming things that you'd like to let them know about? Well, I am doing a webinar with Nicole on the 13th of December. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Consciousness. <laughs> consciousness. Uh, I am going to be doing, I'm in the middle of writing a webinar that I'm going to be doing in, I think, January. And basically, I'm taking, I'm a time power trainer. Um, 
from corporate America, but I'm going to be taking it into how to prioritize your life, but also talking about the law of attraction and our intentions. So I'm going to be blending those two worlds of actually setting goals for yourself and prioritizing your life, but, and then setting the intentions with it. So, um, I've been working on that one for about a month now. So I think I'm going to be doing that and releasing it out in January. Um, and that's eventually I'm going to get done with my second book. Uh, my publicist would be really happy about that. And <laughs> 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 so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And so. um, you've also got a um, free meditation coming up on the 1221 portal in December. Yes. On December 21st, I, uh, for the winter solstice, I'm going to be doing a uh, meditation uh, I do have a, a guest that I've asked to come on and help me with in Justin and Teresa with the uh, question Q and a, and she's getting back with me. I cannot release the name just yet. Cause he, I don't want to say that she's coming on and then she's not. And so, cause she, she wasn't sure if she had another commitment. So, but when that comes out, I will definitely make the announcement. So, yeah. So where can everyone um, sign up for those webinars? So they can go to a couple places. My personal website is uh, net, and uh, also I'm the managing editor of a blog called stillnessinthestorm.com. And so you can go to either one of those or to my Facebook page and you can find me at Jeremy E. McDonald. Just type in Jeremy E. McDonald and you'll find me on Facebook. And so I had to use the E because there's a basketball player more famous than I am. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, and also for our audience, uh, I will also create a link for you guys on our webinar when Jeremy and I have that finalized. It will be on December the 13th, but if any of you guys are interested in coming on, because it will be somewhat interactive, we'll take questions and answer them and all that while we go through what we're going to be doing. And um, I will we'll leave a link for that on the Enlighten Up website as well as the Enlighten Up Facebook page when it comes out. So you guys can all find that there as well. And um, what else? There was something else that I wanted to, to say. But um, yeah, your Stillness in the Storm blog, everyone go check it out if you're interested in some, an, a different uh, a, ver a variety of uh, news sources on health, wellness, politics, um, science, all that stuff. You guys have some great information that comes out on there. So uh, for all our audience, you can check that out, stillnessinthestorm.com. Uh, so thanks so much, Jeremy. And your book, Peace Be Still, can they get that on Amazon? They can get it on Amazon or they can just go to my, to my website, jeremymcdonald.net. And there's a, uh, if you go to the right, there's a, a link for it. So Okay, great. Okay, so thanks so much, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you, Jeremy. You've been a fabulous guest. You're going to have to come back on again. You promise? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank and really yeah, it. and thanks, Brian, for being on and being our fabulous skeptic. My pleasure. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Brian. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and we will be back with you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.